Hello, everyone. Before we get started with this episode, I just wanted to fill you in on a few things. First of all, this episode is with Hannah Siglin, and we recorded this a few months back, and it was so much fun, and the live performance is fantastic. The only problem is the microphone that was used for the live performance kind of garbled the guitar, and Hannah's guitar playing is wonderful. So I wanted to make sure that was still highlighted really well, and so I'm including the mix that she sent of the song. The song's actually not released yet, called Persimmon. So that's going to be played instead of the live performance. Um, and she actually plays the guitar later on when she's talking about the song, which I think is really great. But I'm just putting the mix there for this episode. So make sure to listen for it in the middle of the track instead of at the very end. All right. The second thing is I've been releasing these episodes weekly. And this is episode 18, I believe, which is amazing. But for right now, I'm going to need to cut back for a time to deal with some personal matters and uh, still have the time I need to dedicate to my music. So I'm going to be releasing bi-weekly, at least for the next few months. Again, I love doing the weekly schedule, so I hope I can get back on that train. But for now, I need to cut back for a little bit. So that said, please enjoy this episode and hope you have a great week. Welcome to the Song Saloon. I'm singer-songwriter Jordan Smith-Reynolds. Each episode, I meet with an artist and we break down one of their songs. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Hannah Siglin, a singer-songwriter and guitarist from Spokane, Washington. Raised on folk music and studied in classical guitar, her songs combine rich arrangements with the simplicity of songs that hit close to home. I was introduced to Hannah's music over this past year and it's magical. I'm so excited for you to hear her music. Ladies and gentlemen, Hannah Siglin. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Thank you so much for being here. Let's start with just a quick introduction before performing the song. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the piece and then we'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think this piece really came out of the very predictable early 20s conundrum of I still very much feel like a child, but yet I am now an adult. And I was trying to capture that in talking about the passage of time and the metaphor of persimmon, like the reason it's called persimmon, it's kind of like a joke, actually. I used to live in Southern California for a little bit and get persimmons at the grocery store. And they would always be like really, really hard for a long time. And then one day they would just be like rotten. And I was like, when is this going to ripen in like a predictable way? And that's kind of how I feel like time can be experienced in my life as well, where it seems like nothing is happening. And then I look back and a year has gone by. So I was kind of feeding that in into the idea of persimmon and feeling that really strongly having left LA, come back home to my hometown of Spokane and just kind of recalibrating like what I'm going to do with myself and yeah. And how I'm experiencing my life differently than when I was a small child. So you were in LA for how long? For college or for school? That was after college. Yeah. I moved in February of 2019 or I guess it was February 2020 and stayed for about a year just kind of during COVID. Mm -hmm. I had a breakup there decided I should just like go home. COVID really changed the music industry. Yeah. And I, I didn't know why I was spending a bunch of money to be in LA for no good reason musically. <laughs> so I was like, you yeah. know, what? I'm going to go home, regroup, and then make a, another decision based on that. And now I've stayed in Spokane for a couple of years now. It's been really good to me. Mm -hmm. So we were neighbors 
for 2020 because I'm out yeah. here in LA, North Long Beach area. That's so funny. Okay. I didn't know you were here. I was so. there very briefly. Very cool. Did you ever do anything with LASC, the Songwriters Collective out no, here? No, I really feel like I didn't get a chance to get to know LA properly. I was kind yeah. of just locked in feeling emo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I didn't get a chance to really see what LA offers musically. And that's kind of a bummer, but who knows? Yeah. Maybe I'll come It back. was such a weird time because I, I came to LA in late 2019. So okay. right before pandemic started as well, released my first EP under my artist project at the time, like almost to the day when everything shut down. <laughs> March 13th? So Maybe it was late February, but it was very, very close. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can totally relate to the whole LA, why are we here? And I actually escaped too. I went to North Idaho because I have two daughters at home. And so we went to North Idaho Aww. and um, hunkered down there for like four months and then came back Where because it just made more sense. With kids in a Priest River near yeah, totally. Sandpoint. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know that area. It's very close to Spokane. Yeah, so you were in the Northwest, so you know, it's gorgeous up here. Yep, and it doesn't feel right to be in LA when you could be experiencing nature in Spokane, so I, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. It's been restorative for sure. I definitely need to stretch my legs in some green trees. Well, I think it fits your music extremely well. Can we hear Persimmon? Let's do it. I'm going to have to tune awesome. real quick. No worries. I hope you're enjoying some Persimmons. I should season, be right. Oh. I guess it's a little after season, but I do miss the, the fresh produce of LA and the farmers markets and the lemon trees. All right, here's my song.
been disappointed so many times before Knocked with anticipation just to find another locked door And tried to move on from love I know I can't restore And wait for the person I'm missing Awesome. Okay. Let's let's get into it a bit. What inspired the song? Uh, I'd also love to hear who your influences are. What artists are you are you processing as you're making this this art of yours? Mm, I definitely uh really really fell in love with Noah Gunderson's music in early high school. He's a Washingtonian as well. I've actually met him and like had conversations with him. He's kind of like not that far away. <laughs> So I'm a huge fan of his music and it definitely, he came from a church background and I do as well. And a lot of my music deals with themes, my own personal struggle with like redefining my life outside of a faith context, but still Mm -hmm. having that very much inform who I am and how I see the world. So he's definitely a huge influence for me. I grew up playing very classic folk music, Peter, Paul and Mary, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, all of that stuff, even the Beatles songs were like very much at the core of me learning how to play music. So I I feel very much drawn to Mm -hmm. songs still. Who would I say? I love Nick Drake as well. Like I very much Mm -hmm. admire the, that era of British and American folk music in the seventies, Joni Mitchell, Nick Drake, John Martin, all of those guys are very much on my rotation. I would say that those people are in the back of my mind when I play music. Yeah, very apparent. When you started listing names, I'm like, yep, yeah, that, that really fits. And how active is that part of your brain during the songwriting process? Are you mm. thinking, oh, I would really love to use some Joni sounds, or does it kind of just flow out while you're working on the song? Definitely not ever. Maybe in hindsight, I'll look back at something and be like, I think I stole that from so-and-so. I definitely don't think I'm thinking about 
any particular sound or artist. I had this experience yesterday, actually, where I was listening to a bunch of bluegrass music and just old time, like banjo music. I got into the mood for that and felt really inspired to sit down and write a little bit. So that sort of genre was like the impetus for a little bit of creativity. And it sort of sounded like that, you know, it was very, very folky and one, four, five, you know, but in the moment, it's if I very much write based on moments of inspiration. I do not have like a songwriting practice. I feel more like an artist who needs to emote through my music rather than like a songwriter who has a songwriting craft. So usually when I'm writing, it's like a therapeutic mm. outpouring that's emotional and like inspired and of the moment. So what does that look like for your week to week? How often do you find yourself writing? Rarely. <laughs> Probably, rarely. yeah, uh-huh. kind of rarely, honestly. Um, once or twice a month. Usually it's like, oh my word, I can't, I need to grab my guitar because I feel the inspiration rising and I need to like get something out. Uh, had that yesterday. But mm-hmm. I'm sort of in a stage of my life where I'm trying to make a living performing. So I spent a lot of time playing Mm -hmm. gigs that may or may not be listening rooms, you know, a lot of background music, a lot of just getting paid. Like I play a lot of wineries where they just want to hire me to like serenade their wine drinking customers. So I spent a lot of time playing music, but I'm often not in like a creative generating state of mind. So I often don't find myself writing these days, but it kind of comes ebbs and flows. And I, I hope another wave comes for me soon. Yeah, I think it's so different from songwriter to songwriter. Absolutely. Well, it's so funny how adamant people are in their positions too, because I've heard artists are just like, you got to be writing every day. You got to right. sit down. You got to spend this time to write, whether you like it or not. It's got to happen. And then others that are like, no, you don't want to do that to your soul. You got to just write what it feels good. And so I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that, really. It's figuring out what's good for the individual. But yeah, that's actually something I was going to bring up, too, is your experience in performance. Because I follow you on Instagram, and I'll see your list of places you're playing, and it's like every day for the month you're booked and you're playing. That's a lot of work. It is. I'm really, I love doing it, and it often does not feel like work. So Mm -hmm. in the summer, generally, like, we're trying to play every weekend, midweek gigs, expanding outside of just the in the Northwest, like to Central Oregon and Mm -hmm. other places like that. But yeah, I've I've been performing for a really long time. My first solo gig, like me with my guitar playing, was when I was 10 at like a little street fair here Mm -hmm. in Spokane. So it's definitely a part of my life experience and feels very natural for me. And it's like, such a great way to get paid really well and enjoy doing it so i'm i'm putting a lot of effort behind like among my other interests so that my other interests can be more recreational and about making a living that's awesome so we met through cameron brownell i think the reason he connected us was because he was working as a tour booking manager for me. I was doing a little mini tour. And so he probably reached out on Instagram and was like, who's around performing in Spokane and found you that way. When we were doing this tour and figuring it out, we we did some kind of brewery situations along with more of the, I guess, traditional venues across like Seattle and things like that. Yeah. 
And what I noticed, at least for our tour, was the venues would be very lucky to make any money, if not lose money, on those. But the breweries and wineries, they pay pretty well. So touring in the future, I would probably keep that in mind. So, you know, having a more in the city venue that fits the music well, but then also booking these brewery winery shows around it to so support Christian, financially. And it's yeah. just really fun. You, you meet a lot of people. It is. Those. It is. It's absolutely a way to connect. I actually just booked a wedding because somebody saw me at a brewery in Bend, Oregon. and was like, we like your music. So it's definitely a, people aren't necessarily going to go to my show if it's ticketed, but they might go get a beer at their favorite spot and I'm playing. It's very, it's a great way to connect. I will say in Spokane, specifically, we have like a really special, really friendly, supportive music scene here where everyone comes to each other's shows and there's a sense of, yeah, community support here for the music, the little music scene that we've got going here. So that's part of what has kept me in Spokane is feeling that Mm -hmm. like musical love and brotherhood. Um, And I have a few favorite spots that I go see my friends play at very often here. So yeah. I think that I felt like a really strong desire to go see live music once it was possible again. And I feel like that has carried Mm -hmm. through from my perspective. It's just kind of, we got to change the way we make money because you can't really make money streaming, but it's a really helpful tool for introducing people to your music. And then maybe when you come through their town, they'll come see you. I'm not really sure. I've never, um, really planned a tour. I'd love to talk to you more about how you did that and how it worked out for you. It can be very challenging, I think, to yeah. to do that. So That part was tricky, getting people to come to shows and where breweries and things like that make a lot of sense because they come with people. Right. People are kind of with the package. And a lot of the venues in LA I've seen are very much like people come to see the performer, yeah. not because they've got their favorite place to spend $30 on parking and go drink. So it's, it's very artist oriented as opposed to just knowing that the venue's reputation is really nice. There's a few places like the Troubadour. I imagine people are just, oh, I'll check it out because it's at the Troubadour. Fair. Hotel Cafe is one of those too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. do appreciate that about LA. I'm coming back. We should set up some, some music. I'm co- like to visit sea kayaking thing on Catalina Island. <laughs> so uh, very, yeah, very much cool. like the other side of my my love for life is spending time in nature, being with the plants, looking at fish, you know. So that's yeah. what I'm coming Is that for. your first time at Catalina? Or? It will be. I have looked at Catalina through the smog, you know, from the beach, squinted mm-hmm. and tried to see it. But it will be my first time on the island. Yeah, it's beautiful. Can't wait. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so what are some of your goals with music? I don't know. That's a very hard question for me to answer. I've never had like a, a really strong urge to like push for an artist career. I've never really felt that. It's sort mm-hmm. of always been something that like I do because it's fun and it works out. And it's something I'm, I think I'm good at doing. I have no idea. I, I'm trying to put more music out, keep writing, book gigs, like let it, it sort of has a career veneer over it right now mm-hmm. where like I'm just trying to make money doing this whether I can keep up the like brewery winery hustle for another five years I don't know 
someday I would love to have goats and a huge garden and like a lot of time to like play guitar in the evening on my wraparound porch and like listen to the cricket sing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I envision. (laughs) I don't know if anyone's going to follow my Instagram from this podcast episode but yes um, please where can we find you you can find me hannah siglin music but most of my content is going to be about farming which is something i'm really enjoying learning more about and have a passion for market style small farm organic diversified animals plants together very much an interest of mine along with native medicinal plants of north america it's called western herbalism i think there's a strong Uh, push culturally for better and more holistic options for our health and connectedness to nature and each other and our personal responsibility as humans. So my vision for my future in five years, being surrounded by plants and animals, playing music in a really sustainable way and having like cultivating like the friendships, family relationships, community relationships in my life that like float my boat. I don't think you'll yeah. see me on the American Idol stage or anything like that, but I hope to have like uh-huh. a very integrated, content life where I'm doing all the things that, that make me happy. And then I can give the best music out of that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that knowing what you want and pursuing that lifestyle, people will just naturally gravitate towards that. I'm excited for people to check out how you're doing all that on your Instagram because that's another cool thing about the time we're in right now is we can be connected mm-hmm. in really cool, intimate ways. Totally. Yeah. And there's so people are so unique in what they're interested in. And I think a, a benefit of social media is you can really find people who are doing what you like, like the singing garden fairies, you know, like they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's really cool to be able to maybe envision a life you want with other people who are like-minded all over the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to zoom back into the song real quick. Absolutely. I had a few little pieces I would love to just pick your brain about. I'd love to talk to you about some of the, the vocal choices you've made and things just because it, it gets me excited. Here's one that I noticed. I wanted to talk about how you have a double chorus at the very end mm-hmm. and how you segue into that. I think it's a really effective way. You change the melody of the last line. So here's that part. So that's the first one. I love how you set that up because you just want the second chorus immediately with how you vary the line just slightly. What was that process like for you? What were you thinking about? What was I thinking about? Uh, One thing that I think is kind of unique about that chorus is adding that seventh chord um, to make like a very cadential sound like the cadence effect of of that so i guess yeah i love mm-hmm. um i love a double chorus i end up doing that a lot mm-hmm. and the melody choice i definitely didn't have a reason besides that's how it just like must be done you know mm-hmm. yes i was so long ago yeah i love that you really enjoyed that part um i don't have a satisfactory Mm -hmm. answer to why i did that except that if the chorus is good once at the end you gotta do it twice right 
and a nice little yeah one thing I would love to talk about with the chorus is this note right here rings out with the resolution so they ring together which gives it kind of a um, a little bit of a dissonant sound and that also this note is not we're gonna get we're gonna get a little theoretical here but um it's outside of the key it's an accidental so it has like a it notifies the ear that there's like something different about that and that was very intentional in my writing because we're all talking about you know this and that i'm kind of sad about how time is passing differently very predictable but then you that's something different you make me experience time slowly and then I really wanted that to slow down to um, to highlight you make time move slow and it feels like this in contrast to the pace of the finger picking beforehand so I was trying to um, one of my teachers in college, Pat Patterson, shout out, love you, Pat. Um, he calls that prosody. So you're a Berkeley grad. I am okay. a, a Berkeley grad, yes. Uh, not UC Berkeley. For all the for all the folks listening, for all our fans. <laughs> we may have been we may have been neighbors there too. Really? I went to New England Conservatory. What NEC? <laughs> what years were you there? Yeah. I was there 2016 to 2018. We were absolutely there. I was 2015, 2019. I was there at the same time as you. That's hilarious. <laughs> Did you know Liv Green yeah. by chance at NEC? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Liv is a dear friend yeah, of Liv, mine. Amazing. Yeah. She worked yeah, at Club Liv, We were in the same. Me. Wow. Connections beyond like your cousin. <laughs> People I actually spent a lot of time with. NEC is a beautiful, beautiful school. That's so fun. Neighbors. That's so funny. Yeah, we've been like bouncing around the U.S. around the same time frame. <laughs> totally. All yeah, coast to um, coast. But what I was saying about what Pat calls that prosody, I think it's a combination of like melody and prose, where the words are highlighted by the music and the music highlights the words. So I definitely that's that was a huge takeaway for me as a songwriter, being intentional with craft. You know, I can be all emoting in my songs and let that inspire stuff. But I also love to be intentional with moments like that. So in persimmon, in the course specifically, I was trying to to highlight the the words of the chorus through what I was doing with my guitar work. Yeah, like you mentioned with that extra note in there outside of the key, that really just brings you out of that kind of cyclical pattern of talking about time and the things you're disappointed in. I I love how it brings you out of that, along with the rhythm component. That's the other thing I was going to bring up was that make time move slow. And I love how you stretch that out so much, melodically Mm -hmm. and with the guitar. Totally. And it's interesting, when I was writing this song, it was not, you is not like a love interest at all. I was actually talking about like spending time quietly in nature which I got to do a lot of when I first moved back to Spokane that helped me like experience time and my life um, and experiencing that as making time move slow and feeling like like I can truly be myself when I'm in that state of mind like how Mm -hmm. can you know me as I was so long ago like I feel like I get into the child mind state when I'm alone, quiet, in a beautiful place, like just enjoying my life. 
to me, it sounds kind of like a love letter to the life that you're in. That's so cool. Definitely is. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention songwriting wise, that first verse, you have an A-A-A-A rhyme scheme, right? With uh, young, son, and then you have the persimmon, the juices run, kind of closes that off. And then I thought it was really interesting, the second verse and the third verse, you have the A-A-A again, but then it's like mm-hmm. B, but kind of A, because there's like a little shout out to persimmon with permission mm-hmm. and person, because there's a really close to persimmon. And I thought that was super yeah. interesting. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I feel a little obnoxious in <laughs> rhyming persimmon with permission with person I'm missing, but I had fun with that. <laughs> The first verse, A-A-A, and then, and the juices run, completing that A rhyme. That was because I go back into the intro and then immediately go to verse two and don't go to the chorus. Mm. Whereas Mm -hmm. in after verse two and verse three, it goes into the chorus. And so I don't feel the need to complete the rhyme. Cool. If that makes sense too. Yeah. I think it sets it up well because you're kind of highlighting stuff where you're missing things, right? You literally use the word missing in that point. And then the chorus is your solution. It's not an extra rhyme to make it a pretty package. It's the chorus that really is the closer. Totally. It's a pivot, like sonically with that chord, with the weird note. It's a totally different, Mm -hmm. very much contrasting versus chorus. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for joining today. Do you have any thoughts for songwriters out there that might be trying to get into mm-hmm. it or or maybe your process with inspiration? Definitely. I would love to highlight what you said earlier where you can get, there's the, the Pat Patterson, read the book, practice these things, cultivate a creative mind, like journal, like just have a generating flow in your life to inspire songs. I think that's extremely valuable, having a practice, being diligent with that. I also think you can be stimulating your creativity without it necessarily being like a 30-minute songwriting session every day. It could be reading books that you really enjoy. I often am inspired by listening to music I like. Like I'll be listening to something and then just get the urge to like sit down with my guitar and write something. So Another teacher at Berkeley who I'd love to shout out is Mark Simos. He's awesome, and he talks about collecting song seeds. I think that mm. would be excellent advice for anyone who wants to like cultivate a practice of songwriting. Have your creative mind turned on. When you see something, maybe you want to write it down in a notebook. Be like, so cool when I was in my bedroom this morning. Muna has a song about this. There's like a certain light that comes at this time. If you Mm -hmm. notice that and that's inspiring to you, write that down. Maybe that could be like the start of a song. The seeds are everywhere. It's just looking around and being open to creative inspiration. Listen to good music, read good books. If you thrive on like having a practice, cultivate that. But it doesn't have to look like writing songs. Right. And to that point, I think we can give ourselves a little more freedom to just collect the seeds and figure out what we want to do when we can. Absolutely. And I use my voice memo app all the time. Usually melodies come first for me and not lyrics, like a melody or Mm -hmm. some sort of guitar thing, just to try to capture that, move on. And you can come back and be like, ooh, I love that. Or "Mm, not feeling that. My voice memos need some serious restructuring. It's it's pretty messy. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's always the saddest thing when I like sync my phone into a puddle or something. I'm like, no, my voice memos, no. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Right now I'm using a 
an older iPhone, but it's like just so inundated with voice memos that if I press the button, it takes a year to start up and actually start recording anything. Totally. Yeah. Mine's like bugging all the time. It doesn't work very well, but it's a great tool. It is a good tool. Thank you again so much, Hannah. This was wonderful. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jordan. I can't wait to listen to all the other episodes on your show. Thank you. Everyone, make sure to check out Hannah Siglin. You mentioned it's at Hannah Siglin Music on Instagram and right. other platforms. Yep. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And see you next time at the saloon. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by the Song Saloon. Episodes are released weekly on Wednesday, and you can follow on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter at The Song Saloon. And visit our website, thesongsaloon.com, where you can find past episodes, transcriptions, sign up to our email list, and find more ways to support the show. Please follow, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every little bit helps grow our community of artists, songwriters, and music lovers. We truly couldn't do it without you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.